What I'd like to uh, uh, do today is introduce to you um, our guest, um, not guest speaker, but somebody who's going to give her testimony of how God has used her and how she's seen God um, really working at her life as a result of overcoming some of the obstacles in her life. And, you know, as I call her forward, some of you might or may not recognize her, but as soon as she comes forward, you'll know and you'll hear about the fruit that God has borne through her life. So I'd like to call up Chiholo to share her testimony of how God has used her and the obstacles in her life to bear fruit. So, Chiho. <laughs> I'm already emotional, and I haven't even started yet. Yikes, yikes, yikes. (laughs) Good morning. I'm really excited to share my experience in serving at Mission Valley. Currently, I'm blessed to serve on the worship team. I play the bass. And on the board, on the board subcommittee survey team, on one of the Connect Cafe groups, and as a volunteer when we host Family Promise. I have also volunteered at uh, Vacation Bible School before. So I think I can say that I'm pretty involved at this church now. Today, I can serve God with joy. But in the past, this wasn't the case. I would like to share with you my journey of how God changed my heart and helped me through serving at Mission Valley. Before coming to Mission Valley, I was very involved at the previous church, but also I had an experience of getting burned out repeatedly as I served there. The last few years at that church, I was serving out of obligation, and I had completely lost joy in serving. And it was a very hard time for me because I felt like I became spiritually disconnected from both church and God because of it. When I decided to leave that church, I told God that I would not be involved at the next church. I was really scared of having the same experience again. I said to God, I know it is wrong and unhealthy to feel this way, but I really do not want to serve at the next church. I really don't want to do anything, Father. I really don't want to, and I'm really not going to. (laughs) I had always been polite and pretty obedient to God, and this was my first and hopefully last rebellious talk to him. (laughs) That's how much I didn't want to serve at church anymore. So when I first came to Mission Valley about 10 years ago, I would attend the service and leave right after the service. I became a, I call it, in-and-out churchgoer. I made it up the term, in-and-out churchgoer. (laughs) That's what I became. But being an in-and-out churchgoer never satisfied me spiritually. Even though that's what I wanted to do, my soul was never happy. And I knew that kind of church life wasn't good for my spirituality. Thankfully, God was working on healing my heart 
and preparing me so that I could overcome the fear and become spiritually healthy again by serving at Mission Valley. About two years of being an in-and-out churchgoer, God gave me opportunity to serve on worship team. My husband bought me a bass guitar for my birthday, and I started teaching myself how to play at home. And around that time, I heard that the worship team needed a new bass player, so I thought it might be fun to join and play the bass with them. It was God's timing. God blessed me greatly with serving on the worship team. I became good friends with people on the worship team. Worshiping with them was really fun, and I realized this. God knew I loved music. God knew I wanted to play the bass with other people. God knew I needed the friends. God knew it was time for me to open my heart and start moving forward again. God combined all these things together and planned it for me so I could leave the fear and connect with him deeply again through serving at church. And I wasn't just serving, but I was able to serve with joy and gratitude. It was a miracle to me. And then the next step came to me. One day, I saw Amy settle, being so busy working so hard for Connect Cafe after the service. Back then, it was MB Cafe. Now it's Connect Cafe. Until then, <laughs> I never rebranded. Until then, I never stayed for Connect Cafe. And that day, God gave me a chance to observe people like Amy who were working hard, sincerely, and faithfully. And I saw the other group of people who were enjoying Connect Cafe. From children to elderly people, they all looked so happy, munching on the yummy food and talking to each other. Those people were able to enjoy Connect Cafe because of the volunteers who worked hard behind the scene. I was really touched by their humble hard work, their love for the church people, and their faith in Jesus. When Amy asked me if I would be interested in helping with Connect Cafe, I hesitated for a second. I thought, mm, this is how it begins. <laughs> Once you say yes to something, Next thing you know, more people will come and ask you to do more things, just like snowball effect. Before you know it, you have so many things to do at church. It's like you go to church to work, and eventually you'll get burned out. I felt like that's what happened to me previously, and I was still very scared of that. But now I know that idea, the idea of snowball effect, and will eventually get burned out was Satan's deception. <laughs> so I hesitated for a second with Satan's deception in my head. But I also thought, if I didn't step up and help, 
people like Amy would have more burden to carry in serving at church. The burden will become lighter if more people carry it together. God used Amy to inspire me, and I decided to join a Connect Cafe group. After I started to serve on the worship team and Connect Cafe, I was still careful not to overextend myself, but God continued to give me opportunities to serve in different ways according to my pace. And whatever I did, God really blessed me through it. For example, I joined the board two years ago, and I've shared about this before, so I'm not going to go into details, but if you remember my testimony, I was really scared of that as well. But being on the board has been such a blessing. Working among church leaders has been so inspiring, encouraging, and helpful with my spiritual growth. Another example of the blessings I received through serving is that I was able to connect with people at church. When you serve together with one goal, which is to glorify God, you will make special bonds with one another. You become good friends with them and truly become brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to emphasize that it is fun to serve with these people. We support each other and learn and grow together. Serving with them is like hanging out. It's like a party time. Well, we make it like party time, right? <laughs> we do, yes. I never even dreamed that I would have <laughs> this much fun <laughs> serving at church when I first came to Mission Valley. <laughs> God is good. Of course, I'm so happy now and so grateful. <laughs> the reality at this church is that we still do need volunteers in some ministries. We always do. Without volunteers, this place won't function. I would love to invite you to join us if you have some obstacle and whatever it is, God will take it away for you, just like he did for me. I love for you to experience the blessings I received through serving at Mission Valley. It's really wonderful. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, that each of us should use whatever gift we have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The Bible also says we serve in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. When I serve, I feel alive. Maybe that's because I'm a warrior to serve for the Lord. Maybe we all are. Um, do we have a clip for the Bible verse? Oh, great. Um, so lastly, 
I would like for you to read this passage with me. This is an encouragement from, from God in serving at church. You guys ready? Okay. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, from one body, and each member belongs to all the others, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for putting up my Japanglish. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you so much, Chiho. And then one of the things that I know that some of you might be here for the first time, but、uh, Chiho's our secretary on a board and she takes notes. And one of the things when we first asked her, she goes, Dave, do you know I struggle with English? And you're asking me to take minutes. But、uh, she's done a fabulous job. So thank you so much, Gio. And now, just as your team's ready to come up, we're ready to go home. I mean, I don't need to say anything、uh, anymore. But、um, she's a perfect example of, you know, bearing fruit, you know, while we serve. And so would you please join me in prayer as I ask God to continue to bless our time? Father, thank you so much for Gio's courage. And for her ability to move past the obstacles that we're facing, you know, her past experiencing serving. And Father, to use her service, Father, to grow her spiritually. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to use her as your light and as a person, Father, that models servanthood so we could all see that and learn. And that would also motivate us to want to serve in areas, Father, that we might not feel comfortable with. But Lord, I ask that you would use your spirit, Father, to speak to us this morning. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Oh, magically it went down. I grew? Oh, thank you, Mako. I was going to say, wow.、Um, it's a magic stand.、Um, but anyway,、uh, today's topic is where am I planted? Because we've been talking about you know, good soil and you know, planting seeds and that seed growing up to be. Bear,、uh, a tree that bears much fruit. And today we're going to talk about, you know, where am I planted, but serving where you are. Because a lot of times when we think about serving, what do we think? We think about serving in church. We think about serving within the walls of, you know, Mission Valley. But that was never God's intention that we just serve within the walls of the church. And so we're going to talk about serving where you are. And for the majority of you, the most of the time that you spend is in the workplace. Now, for those of you who don't know my story, you know, this is a second career for me.、Um, before I was a pastor, I used to be a manager for Continental Airlines at LAX. And I used to see that as my mission field, where there was no,、um, I didn't compartmentalize my spiritual life and my work life. To me, it was, you know, all the same. And so, the majority of the time we don't spend here at church, we spend at the workplace. And when I mean workplace, I mean, you know, some of you are employed by companies, some of you are self-employed, some of you are stay-at-home parents, some of you are retired, and some of you are students, where that's where you spend the most of your time. So wherever you spend the most of your time, or a good portion of time, God has asked us to bear fruit. 
Whether I'm employed for a Continental or I'm a student at my school, I'm self-employed, I'm retired, God has called us to bear fruit. And so, um, how do we do that? And first of all, we have to kind of change our mind on what work is. Because I know for many of us, work is like a four-letter word. Where it's not something we like to do, it's something that we have to do, but it was never intended to be that. You know, back in 2008, Pixar released a film called um, WALL-E. And it's a story about the last trash-collecting um, robot left to clean up on the, clean up this um, earth. And since the earth was so polluted, all the humans left looking for um, planets to inhabit, and they left this um, little robot called Wally. So every day, Wally would recharge his batteries with his solar panels, and he would start to collect trash and compact it into little cubes. And there was so much garbage that some of the trash that he collected or these compacted cubes would reach the height of a city building. But the humans, on the other hand, who left Derp, they lived on a ship called the Axiom where they had every need catered to them. And if you could see them right here. They never got out of these chairs. These chairs were self-moving, equipped with a, you know, this hologram image. So they were constantly watching TVs, movies, and they always, ha- always had these, I think, smoothies in their hands. And so they never got, they never did a thing. They never did any work. Machines did everything for them. And look what happens to them, um, after, when they go from childhood to adulthood because they never used their muscles. Now, when we think about life, what do we think about? We think about life should be like this. That, you know, God created us. God created this world so that we could have all of our needs taken care of. Well, I just sit in this chair and it just takes me wherever I want to go. And I've got my smoothie. I've got my TV right in front of me. And I'm good to go. Right? Well, I'm just playing video games 24-7. But you know what? God created us to be wallies, not these couch potatoes. So if you have your Bibles, could you turn with me to Genesis 1.26? And if you don't, I'll have it um, on the screen here. And this is the NIV version. Okay? But the first thing we're going to learn is that we were created in the image of a God who works. Okay? We were created in the image of a God who works. And this is what verse 26 says. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. It says, God said, let us make mankind in our own image. And so what image is that? Well, in this case, it's an image of the God who works. Where God created mankind, and mankind was the last of God's work of creation. God created the universe. He sustains the universe. He convicts our hearts. He draws people to him. He watches over us. He provides for us. He intercedes from us. God is a God who is always at work. 
He is not that God who sits in this um, that lazy chair and just you know magically hope things happen. Our God is a God who is constantly creating and constantly at work, and we were created in His image. And so, when we think about you know. Um, being created in God's image, and we think back to the Garden of Eden. What kind of pictures come to your mind? Well, whenever I pictured Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, I always picture them just kind of walking through all of the nice fields. There's beautiful flowers and roses. They didn't have thorns, and it was like Bambi all around. It was like a big Disney movie. You know, all of the creatures would come up and talk to them, and they would. It was just a life of luxury, and that's what I pictured. You know, Eden, the perfect place, but that's not what God had in store for them. Because even before they sinned, God what? He gave them jobs. So work is not a result of the fall. Work is something that God gave us before the fall. Okay, and so that's important. So we were, in, we were created in God's image. It says, let us man, make mankind in our image so what? So that they may rule. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock. It didn't say, let us make mankind in our own image so they could just have a great time. Let us make mankind in our image so it'll be a lifelong vacation for Adam and Eve. No, he said, let them, uh, let us make mankind in our image. What? So that they may rule. We were created in God's image in this instant to work. The second thing is, well, why did he do that? Well, work is a blessing from God. Now, some of you are looking at me like, Pastor Dave, you're nuts. You don't know where I work. I think work is a curse from God. I'm being punished for some sins that I've done, you know, in my past life. You know, but, you know, work is a blessing from God. You know, in Genesis 1.28, And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. So the first thing we see here is that God blessed them. God blessed them. And then he said, Be fruitful and and multiply, increase in number, and fill the earth and subdue it. So he blesses them, and then the outcome of God's blessing is for them to be useful, for them to steward his creation, for them to be partnering with God in what God was doing. You know, and it is a blessing to work. It's a blessing because we have a satisfaction of accomplishment. You know, when you do a good job at work, don't you feel or accomplish something? Don't you get a, a good feeling? You know, it's kind of like, you know, for those of you who don't know, I build models and I have an aircraft carrier in this box and I see maybe a thousand pieces there that just doesn't look like anything. But after hours and hours and hours and hours of working at it, boom, then I see an aircraft carrier. And I love building models because, you know, my dad and I didn't do a whole lot of things together, but that's one thing that we did together. So it kind of reminds me 
of the time that I spent with my dad. But it's also a blessing when we use our gifts, when we use our strengths, when we use the way that God has created us to serve out his purpose. Now, Chio says she loves uh, music, so serving on the worship team, that's how God wired her. So she's serving in that area, and it's a blessing for her. And this is why, you know, kids, you're going to get sick of me here and saying this, but I'm going to say it over and over and over and over. This is why it's so important for you to choose a major, for you to choose a career in the way that God has made you, right? I mean, there was one time, and I'm a pretty good interviewer, and I got D's two times in accounting in college, and I had to take accounting twice, beginning counting 101 and 201. And I almost got, I came this close to getting a job as an accountant. You know, why? Because I was a good interviewer, right? But I would have been miserable working that job. And most likely they probably would have fired me um, maybe within two weeks because I had never balanced a balance sheet at all in my career in college, you know. But I love doing what I'm doing now. Why? Because this is what I'm wired to do. It's not about the money. It's about serving God. It's about partnering with God in um, bringing his kingdom from heaven down here on earth based upon the way I'm wired. And that's where work becomes a blessing. But if you're chasing the money, if you're chasing the money, I guarantee you work is not going to be a blessing for you. It's going to be like, I ho, I ho, it's off to work, I go. You know, every single morning, you know. And so once again, work can be a blessing. Uh, Finally, work is an act of worship. Wow. Work is an act of worship. Now, a lot of us thinking, well, when you think about worship, what comes to your mind? Well, Sunday morning, it's singing. It's lifting up our hands. And that's what worship is. But yes, you know, that is a part of worship. But worship is so much more. You know, our bodies are a temple in which we use to worship God. Not only here on Sundays, but the way that we, you know, live our lives. And it says in Genesis 2.15, it says, The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. Now, when you see the word work here, the Hebrew word is avodah, which is used to mean work. It's used to um, communicate service. And it's used to communicate worship. So this word avodah was used to describe the back-breaking work that the Israelites had to go through when they were slaves in Egypt. This word avodah, meaning work, was the same word used when artisans were building the temple. It was used to define the work of fine craftsmen. Solomon used this word to work, to instruct the priest to lead others in praise and worship. So God's original design is that our work and worship of God should be seamless. That is, we don't separate those two things. We don't separate our Christian life from our work. It's the same thing. That work and worship are the same. 
And this is also communicated in the New Testament. When the New Testament, we find out that we work for an audience of one. We work for an audience of one. And Colossians 3.23, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. It says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So, you know, when Chiho says she's serving here at the church, she is not serving me. She is not serving the board. She is not serving you. She is serving the Lord. Okay? However, when you are at work, when you are at school, if you are a stay-at-home mom, if you are self-employed, if you are retired, you are still serving who? You're serving God. You're serving God. You're not uh, serving the people around you. So basically, according to this, it says, what should we do? It says, work at it with all your heart. Now, I know there's a, it's a, you know, the vocational workplace ministry or, you know, how do we act as believers is a lot more complex than working hard. And I get that. And one of these days, I would like to do a workplace Ministry, Because I think that you could bless so many people in your workplace. But for today, just for today's sermon, one of the baby steps you could take to start bringing those together is to work hard. To study as hard as you can get. And so let's say you study really hard and you get a C. Well, so be it. But at least you worked hard at it as a student, at your workplace, as a parent. Give it a hundred percent. Because God is glorified with our effort. God is not glorified with laziness. Is he? No. God is glorified with hard work. Now he doesn't expect the same results from each one of us because he knows we're different. But we could all put in what? The same effort. Even though it... um, Gets different results. I remember, I don't know for those of you who listen to the Lakers, I love listening to Stu Lance. Because when you listen to Stu Lance, he's teaching you. So whenever I'm watching a Laker game with Michael, I know he hates it because he hates watching the Lakers with me. He'd rather be watching the Clippers. I'm like, did you hear what Stu Lance said? Did you hear what Stu Lance said? Because Stu Lance is constantly teaching. So those of you who, you know, are into basketball and you may not, you might be a Clipper fan. But watch the Lakers and just listen to Stu Lance, okay? But one thing that he says, this is one thing he said. He goes, your shots may not always be falling. Your shots may not always be falling. Your offense may not always be there. But he says, your defense should be there all the time. So basketballers, what is he saying? He goes, you could try hard as hard as you want, but some days... Your shot's just not there. Your shot's not there. But what he says is your defense should be there 100% of the time. Because why? Because defense is all about heart. It's all about effort. And that's something he saying that these basketball players that are paying millions and millions of dollars to play the game, they should bring it every single time. Your effort has got to be there every single time. And it's heart. Now, parents, heart is something that you can't teach. You could tell your kids over and over and over, 
Come on, work harder, work harder, study harder, study harder. You know, come on, have heart, have heart. You know, and I, I've told you know my son this. I said, Mike, you know what? I can't teach heart. I can't. Just like I can't teach heart to you. I can't motivate you. Chiho's up here. She can't motivate you. Why? Because only you could motivate you. So parents, heart is something that can't be taught, but it could be caught. And what do I mean by that? Kids will model what they see you do. Kids will model what they see you do. So if you've got that heart in whatever you're doing, your kids will pick that up. Remember, heart, passion, effort can't be taught. It has to be caught. So once again, there's a plug for the Lakers. Watch two Lance, all you basketball people. You'll learn a lot from him. You see, because God is not asking us to be the best. God is not asking us to be the best. Because he knows that. Even as a pastor, if you take a look at all the categories of what pastors do, I'm not, I know I'm not the best. Not the best preacher. Not the best teacher. I'm not the best prayer warrior. I'm the, not the most knowledgeable pastor. I mean, if you look in the, just in the San Gabriel Valley, I'm not the best in any of those categories. But that's okay. Because God doesn't ask me to be the best. Because he's gifted other pastors uh, more so than me. But what he does require, that I give my best effort. And so, God is not asking us to be the best. He's only asking that we give it our best. There's a huge difference. God is not asking us to be the best. He's only asking that we give it our best. You want to be blessed at work this week? You know, work hard at it. Work hard as if you're doing it for the Lord. As this is your act of worship. Then you will be blessed. Baby steps. This is our weekly challenge this week. I'd like you to meditate on Colossians 3, 23 to 24. And I'd like you to ask yourself this week, what would change in your workplace, in your school, at home, and then the place of those of you who retired, whatever you do, what would change if you maintained the mindset that you live and work and study for an audience of one. That is the Lord. And how might you do your work? How might, you, how might the way you study be an act of God? Act, work. How might you do your work as a God-honoring act of worship? So this week, wherever you're at, whether you're at school, whether you're at work, whether you're retiring and getting out of bed and saying, what shall I do today? You know, I could just say that because my wife just retired this past uh, Wednesday. Um, You know, hey. uh, 
Ah, yes, he deserved it. Um, and, but wherever you're at, I would like you, and I'm challenging you here, to look at it as a place where you are worshiping God and see the difference that makes in your attitude and the way you view your work. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I thank you so much that you've allowed us to be blessed in the areas where most of us spend most of our time. And Father, I know a lot of us view work as a place that it's, it's drudgery. It's not fun. But Father, that you created us to work. And Lord, that when you created us in your image, Father, it was good. And so, Father, work is good. It could be a blessing. So, Father, for those of uh, here right now who are just struggling with that, who just dread going into work, who view work as a result of the fall rather than creation, Father, would you let them know that you created them to work? And maybe, just maybe, Father, the reason that they're struggling is they separate work or studying from their relationship with you. And Father, I pray that this week will be the start of them saying, I'm going to take baby steps to connect the two. That I will not separate work from my faith. That the way I live out my faith in the church among my Christian friends will be the same way that I act in the workplace. It'll be the same way I act at school. It'll be in the same place I act at home. It'll be the same place I act as a retired individual, wherever you might take them. And Father, may they be blessed as they work as an act of worship of you this week. Your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.